Welcome to another installment of The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile, a series of stories told to me, Tosh Mafuni, by Brother Cadfile, a gnome monk who has retired to the Tien Monastery, about his amazing adventures with Gadget, a gnomish engineer who has a knack for getting involved in some real mysteries around Azeroth. Hello, Brother Cadfile? Are, are you home? Well, well, Tash Mafuni, how, how very nice to see you again. I was um, just about to pour myself a little postprandial aperitif, some lovely shade-skin brandy I picked up during my latest adventure with Gadget. Would you, um, would you care for some? Well, um, uh, actually... Oh, my goodness, I, I forgot you don't indulge, do you? My... My sincerest apologies. I'm, I'm sure that I have something else here. Please, Brother Cadfall, don't don't trouble yourself. But you mentioned you had a recent adventure with Gadget. I'd love to hear about that, and I'm sure listeners would too. Certainly, certainly. So, uh, please have a seat and relax, and I'll tell you the tale. It was an evening much like this one just a few weeks ago and I was sitting here studying some very interesting scrolls that adventurers had come back with from Revendreth when I heard a familiar voice from the door. Cadfile, you'll ruin your eyes reading in such dim candlelight. I turned towards the door to see a familiar silhouette with its distinctive pink hair aglow with the light of the sunset. Gadget, I exclaimed, rising quickly and approaching my friend. How wonderful to see you. Please come in, sit down. How have you been keeping yourself since our last adventure at the Dark Moon Fair? No time for a chinwag, Cadfile, she said, tossing me my staff and healer satchel from the stand by the door. We're headed back to Revendreth, where I've heard there is some remarkable technological advancements in optical mirror technology. And with that, I was off on yet another adventure with my dear friend, with just my staff, healing potions, with no idea what would happen next, and without so much as a pocket handkerchief. Several flights and portal trips later found us in the village of Darkhaven, as dour a place as I have ever visited, and the scene of one of our previous adventures called The Return of Gadget. Already familiar with the town, we quickly found our way to the inn, with the rather unfortunate name of the Symposium. I do abhor a pun. We passed into the long entryway of this mausoleum-like inn, and Gadget drew some rather disdainful looks from the native Venthyr as she wiped her boots on the lovely carpet lining the entrance hall. Gadget, please, I whispered. What, she said. Aren't you the one who always scolds me for tramping into your home with muddy boots? I rolled my eyes in exasperation and followed her as she briskly approached the innkeeper, one Tremon Winefang, who looked down at us along the line of his aquiline nose. Good afternoon, sir, Gadget said in her most charming tone, giving him the full benefit of her sparkling smile that brightened her eyes, a look that would never fail to melt my heart. My name is Gadget, and this is my associate Cadfile. I understand that Revendreth boasts some of the finest optical mirror technology in the world, or in this case, the afterworld. 
she said, chuckling slightly at her own bone mot. He gave her a brief, polite nod, but the faint curl of hauteur never left his severe-looking mouth. You won't find that here in Darkhaven, he said. You'll want to make your way over to the Ember Ward. Will you be staying, miss? Thank you, my good sir, she said through gritted teeth. Gadget abhors being referred to as miss. But she continued, and yes, I suppose we will stay, at least for lunch. We ensconced ourselves at a table on a mezzanine above the main room and satisfied ourselves with a couple of goblets of pontoon pilsner, the bill of fare lacking any actual comestibles. As we drank, Gadget excitedly described to me the technology she was seeking. You see, my dear Cadfile, the native Venthyr do not tolerate the light well, and as a matter of fact, direct exposure over a long period of time will actually drive them mad and eventually turn them into ghouls. What I've heard is that they have developed a mirror technology to the level that they can collect and concentrate even slight amount of light from the sky into weaponized beams that are devastating. And on a smaller scale, they can use multiple mirrors as a form of combined traps and torture devices. Gadget, I said, finding myself horrified at this. What on Azeroth could you possibly find so interesting in such an abhorrent technology? As a healer, I'm offended, and frankly, I'm not sure I wish to proceed on this adventure, and I made to rise from my chair. She put one of her delicate yet surprisingly powerful hands on my arm. Cadfile, I thought you knew me better than that. Think of what this technology could do for places in Azeroth where residents suffer from a lack of adequate sunlight. Take that technology, make the light somewhat more diffuse, and suddenly Duskwood goes from gloomy to sunlit. I sat down slowly, somewhat abashed, and said, Of course, of course, I should have known better, Gadget. Please, accept my apology. Gadget grinned and winked at me, her eyes twinkling with good humor, making my heart skip a beat. Dear Cadfile, she said, no apologies necessary. I admire your sense of ethics. But now that you understand better, finish up and let us be off to the Ember Ward. And with that, she downed her own goblet, turning it decisively down onto the table and sprang up, all but dashing down the stairs in her eagerness. We hired a couple of the smaller horses from the stable master in the town and set off westward towards the Ember Ward. A couple of hours travel across the broken and gloomy landscape of the Banewood brought us to an impressive wall with a single gate guarded by an enormous muscular giant who was so tall that it would take 20 gnomes standing on each other's shoulders to look it in the eye. As we approached this imposing figure, we saw him accost several travelers, in some cases grabbing them up in a giant fist and hurling them quite some distance while shouting, no pass and in other cases engaging in brief, friendly dialogue. Gadget, I said, I don't know how he's deciding on how to treat people, but uh, I'd prefer not to be hurled. Gadget looked thoughtful for a moment before spurring on her horse and saying simply, let me do the talking. Hoy there, guard, Gadget shouted in her sternest tone as she approached, dismounting at the base of the stairs leading up to the gate. The giant looked around for the voice before locating Gadget's almost comically diminutive form, fist planted firmly on her hips, 
and chin raised in a pugnacious manner. No pass, the guard shouted back. Listen here, my good fellow. My associate and I are going to pass this gate unmolested. You will not grab us or hurl us in any direction. Now, if you would kindly step aside, we will ride through and there is nothing else to be said on the matter. The giant, clearly confused by this, scratched his head and squinted his eyes and said, with much less certainly this time, No pass? Gadget stamped one foot in irritation and puffed. Have I not made myself sufficiently clear? You will allow us to pass. And she glared at him. He looked around as if clearly seeking some guidance for what was apparently an unprecedented situation. Gadget stood her ground and after several seconds, he simply shrugged his massively muscled shoulders and said, okay, pass. Thank you, Gadget said curtly, remounting and waving me forward. I held my breath as we passed under the shadow of this giant and didn't breathe again until we were well past. Gadget's force of will will never cease to amaze me. Having safely passed this obstacle, we rode into the sere landscape of a region we were to learn later was known as the Desiccation, which was much more brightly lit than the other portions of Revendreth we had seen so far. Riding at a slow trot, our horses' hooves kicking up puffs from the gray ashen ground, we were occasionally accosted by Venthyr in various stages of madness from light exposure, or even the end-stage ghouls. Gadget quickly dispatched all of these with a blast from her boomstick, but with little relish. Poor blighters, she said, looking down at the bodies as we rode past. I took no delight in that, Cadfile. I sighed. It seemed more of a mercy than anything else, Gadget. I doubt any of my best healing could have helped them. She nodded sharply and kicked her horse into a gallop. Keep your eyes peeled for any evidence of mirror technology, she said, as I drew alongside. Even a handful of shards will be sufficient for my purposes. We rode north along the entire length of the dry canyon and saw nothing. Gadget nodded to her right. Let's ride up to the East Ridge. Maybe there will be something there. As we rode along the broken and meandering ridge path, I heard a faint moaning. I called out to Gadget, Ho, oh, Gadget, I think I hear someone in distress. And I reined my mount towards the sound. What I found shocked me to my core. A female Venthyr, kneeling and chained to a post, her gray skin cracked and blistered. I leapt from my horse and ran towards her, already opening my healing satchel. She was alive, but unresponsive, and I realized nothing that I had with me would help her. Gadget rode up and dismounted, striding towards me. Help me unchain her, Gadget, I said. We must get this poor creature out of the sun. The chain is locked onto the post, Gadget said, and I heard the report of her boomstick as she attempted to shoot the chain off, and it appears to be enchanted or otherwise boomstick-proof. I looked around desperately, trying to remember what little I had learned about the pharmacopoeia of the Shadowlands from returning adventurers. In the near distance, I saw a swarm of insects. Gadget, I said, go collect as much of the toxins from those insects as you can. It may help revive her long enough to tell us how to get her loose. Gadget returned promptly with a small sachet of the toxin and with several welts on her face and hands, 
from being stung. I grabbed the sachet and waved it under the nose of the chained Venthyr. She slowly regained consciousness, and as I continued to minister to her, Gadget knelt next to her, peering up into her eyes. Stay calm, dear lady. My name is Gadget, and this is my associate, Cadfile. We're trying to help you. Can you tell us who you are and how you got into this? And more importantly, how we can get you out. The Venthyr was able to tell us her name, Sabina, but had no idea how she had come to be chained in the open sunlight. As she gained more of her faculties, she became quite agitated, saying that her and her companions, Remus, Lanusa, and Myron, had been robbed, and she was very worried about them. She begged us go find them and search the nearby rubble piles for a key to the lock. I looked to Gadget, who nodded and patted Sabina's shoulder. Rest easy. Cadfile will stay with you and render what aid he can, and I'll go find your companions. While Gadget was gone, I kept Sabina conscious with more of the toxin and listened to her ravings. I worried that even if we could release her and get her into shadows, that her prolonged exposure to the light had put her beyond our help. Gadget finally returned and said to me quietly, Cadfile, I need to speak to you. The tone of her voice told me that she was not returning with good news. We stepped away from Sabina, and as soon as we were out of earshot, I asked, Did you find them? And more importantly, did you find the key? Yes to both, Gadget said, but I don't think we should release Sabina quite yet. What are you talking about, Gadget? I exclaimed. Can't you see how she's suffering? Gadget pursed her lips and looked over my shoulder at Sabina. She may be more of a danger to us than we know, Cadfile. Her companions are dead, and I found these near their bodies. Gadget proffered a small satchel, a tattered journal, and a stained dagger marked with a prominent monogrammed S. She said they had been robbed, but the satchel had not been opened. I inspected the items and read the brief description of Sabina's and her companion's search for sanctuary from the light and their concern for her as she descended into madness. I don't understand your concern, Gadget, I said. Gadget rolled her eyes. Cadfile, it appears to me that Sabina, in her madness, took the life of her companions. They were clearly slain by her own knife. I thought for a moment, but Gadget, if she killed them, then who chained her here? She couldn't have chained herself. For mercy's sake, we have to release her. Gadget's brow furrowed, and she gave me a searching look. You may have a point, Cadfile, but let's be careful when we release her. Relieved, I took the key from Gadget and ran over to Sabina, delivering the sad news of her friends. She begged me release her and help her get her into the shadows. As quickly as I could, I unlocked the shackles and chains. She stood, rubbing her wrists, and immediately began to rave, and before my eyes she was overcome, transformed into a ghoul, and she grabbed for me. As soon as this happened, I felt a powerful hand grab the back of my robe and pull me back and away from the grasping ghoul. Gadget's boomstick roared once, twice, and a third time, and Sabina's ravaged body collapsed into a lifeless heap. Shaken by our experience and with nothing to show for our search for mirror shards, 
Gadget and I agreed to return to Darkhaven. Back at the inn, we sat quietly, both contemplative over our snifters of shadeskin brandy. I broke the silence. Who do you think killed Sabina's companion's Gadget? And who chained her up? Gadget sighed deeply. Sadly, Cadfile, the paucity of clues puts this beyond even my powers of deduction. I abhor guessing, as you know, but if I was to hazard such a thing, I would say that the most likely suspects were the thuggish-looking Venthyr I saw nearby the bodies. They had been clearly affected by exposure to the light, but seemed to be organized and in some control of their faculties. But, and with this she gave me a warm smile, I congratulate your perspicacity in the heat of the moment. I had jumped to the conclusion that Sabina had been the killer. Well done, good fellow. I blushed at the praise from my good friend, but followed immediately with my next thought. Gadget, I hope you can see the devastation that light has wreaked on these poor creatures. Won't you please reconsider your desire to adapt their technology? I know your motives are good, but who knows how such a technology might be abused? Gadget nodded thoughtfully. I find I'm forced to agree, my dear Cadfile. After all, it was a wise gnome who once said, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Thank you for listening to another installment of The Chronicles of Gadget and Catfile, sponsored by Krog's Fine Female Leathers, Orgrimmar's finest purveyors of custom-fitted leather armor for the well-equipped female adventurer. Krog's Leathers, fit, form, function, and fashion. The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile is a work of fan fiction based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used herein are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Halfell Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Halfhill Report or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com.